0: Thank you for listening to the Reclaim Church Podcast. We hope that this message is a blessing to your life. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at TX. Now please enjoy this message. I have a message and um, I really felt it urgently in my spirit to kind of bring this message to the church today. Um, I was uh, am I, am I, I was in California these last three days. I was there from Wednesday to Friday. And I had the opportunity to go back to my home church, which anytime I'm in California, I like to go back, back to my home church because I love it there. A lot of my friends are there, but it's just something special about going back home for a little bit. Um, home church, this is my home, though, okay? Texas is my home, but my home church, and I love being with people. And they asked me to pray, and they said, hey, I want, we, we want you to share something. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, I wasn't really prepared, so I guess I'll, I'll, I'll pray, and I was praying, and the Lord put something in my heart. And he dropped this scripture, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through 10, and we're going to kind of um, talk about this a little bit. This will be kind of the base of our message. But he's teaching the disciples how to pray. He's showing them how, what to say, how to say it. You know, I don't know if necessarily know if it matters the order of, which, of what was said, but, but we know what he's teaching, right? We know he's giving them a template of prayer. And in that, in that scripture, he says, In this manner, therefore pray, our Father... Can you say Father, our Father? Father, let's try it one more time. Say Father. Father. All right, we're in it today, okay. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So really what he's saying here, and obviously, I think it's obvious that he's telling the disciples, when you pray, You have the ability, you have the power, and you have the authority to speak on behalf of the earth. To say that God our Father, bring heaven down to earth. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let our culture, let our actions, let our, life, our lives and our lifestyle and our churches and our homes, let those things look like heaven. Bring heaven down to earth. If anything, if we need anything today, the world needs heaven. The world needs the culture of heaven in the earth today. This is the answer. This is what the world is crying out for. Amen. That there would be a change, that there would be a difference. We need, I guess, in a simple term, we need a genuine move of God. There is nothing else that could, could really bring any type of change. You know, we're all we're all worried about who's gonna become president in a few weeks. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you a secret? Not that, I'm not gonna say it doesn't matter because I don't really want to offend too many people. But The president will not dictate what God does. But you know who will? His children. The president is not going to bring change. Politicians cannot bring true change. You can change a law, but you cannot change a heart. Only God can do that. And the biggest issue in our world today is not necessarily the laws that we are passing. It is the hearts that we allow to... Not change, I guess, would be the easy way to put it. It's the heart of mankind. We need a genuine move of God. We need heaven on earth. Amen. We need to establish heaven on earth. But can I say this? Before we establish heaven on earth, it needs to be established within our own heart. We cannot call on something we don't believe in. I'll say that again. We cannot call on something or someone we don't believe in. If we truly want heaven, if we truly want God to move on the earth, then we have to allow God to move in our house, in our families, in our church, amen, in our jobs. We have to allow God to have his way in our life if we want to see heaven on earth. We look at it this way. I think sometimes sometimes some of us, not all of us, we look at it this way. One day God will open the heavens and the spirit of God will pour out. And yes, that may happen in a, in a way, but you know what really brings change when individual Christians begin to live like Christians? That's what really brings change. It's when we take responsibility for our house. When we take responsibility for our schedule, when we take responsibility for the time that we spend with the Lord and how much we surrender to God, that will make a difference. It's like, God, move. Would you move on the earth? God, would you bring revival? And he's like, yes, yes, but it starts in your house. It starts in your home. This is where revival starts. We want to see the attributes of heaven. We want to see love, joy, peace, unity, healing, miracles, all these things. But can I tell you, before we see it in a greater greater way, we want to see it in our home. We want to see it in this small church right here in the middle of Hutto, Texas, where when somebody says, where are you from? And I say, I'm from Hutto. They have no clue what I'm talking about. But this is where we need to see it. I, b- I believe that our church will grow. I believe that in... I, I'm, I'm going to say this in faith. I said this at our last building. I believe by the end of this year, we're probably going to be too big for this building. You're like, that's in like three months. I know. I'm kind of crazy like that, I guess. But like I said, I believe we're going to grow. I believe we'll, we'll, we're in 10 years. Who knows what this church is going to look like? I hope you're still here. But it's going to be amazing. But I do not believe that a move of God for the nation will only happen through our church. What I believe is that our church will be a part of a move of God when other churches come together and take responsibility for establishing heaven on earth. Do you kind of understand where I'm going with this? It's it's establishing it within our own homes. This feels impossible, right? Right? You think about everything that's going on. I firmly, firmly, firmly believe that everything we see in the earth today, all the hate, all the division, all the just the, it's just ugly, right? Is it, can we all agree on that? It's just, it's just an ugly, Time to be alive. I truly believe that we're going to see one of the greatest moves of God that we've ever seen before. I think it's going to it's going to be in, in in it's going to be like a landmark of history of a revival that takes place where many come to the Lord because I believe that Christians are beginning to wake up. We're beginning to wake up. We cannot be comfortable anymore. We want to establish this, but it feels impossible. It's like how how can we make a difference? Like, how can, that's a great prayer for Jesus and the disciples because they had Jesus right there with them, right? Like, if I'm physically standing next to Jesus, that's probably a little bit more easy to believe. But now we're expected to believe the same thing, that we can have heaven on earth. It, it seems impossible. But if Jesus said it, if Jesus says it can be done, then it can be done. If Jesus asks us to pray in this manner, he's not asking us to just, just to say words that sound cool or sound good or sound holy, but what he's doing is he's directing us in how we can pray and what kind of authority we have and what we can establish on the earth today. That's what Jesus is teaching us, that we have this authority because he is our Father. Our Father, we have the authority because we are His children. 1 John 5.14 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. If we ask anything according to His will, not our will that we hope is His will, Right? God, I really want this car. I know I can't afford it, Lord, but you said, if I ask for anything, Lord, you'll give it to me. Lord, I really don't like that person. They're really, can you just get them fired, God? You said, Lord. If I ask for it, no, no, no. If you ask for anything according to his will, he hears you. Says he's a father that gives good gifts to his children, right? Right? If you ask for a piece of bread, he's not going to give you a stone, right? So if we go before the Lord in faith and believe that, man, this can't happen. This can happen. This, this is, th- guys, this, this is possible. It is possible for us to see real change in the world. It's possible for us to see real change in our house. It's possible for us to see a genuine revival where, where it's not just churchgoers, but it's actual disciples being built. This is possible. But somebody has to ask. Somebody has to ask. Can I, can I say this? And I'm, I'm speaking mostly to myself, so um, if this doesn't apply to you, just go ahead and ignore this, okay? Mike, yes. Can I tell you something? Yes, you can. Sometimes, wait, where are you going with this? Just listen. Sometimes your prayers are too selfish. No, I don't believe that. Yes, your prayers are too selfish because most of the time when you're praying, you're praying that God would do something for you and not on the earth. We cry out and we, we, we again, me, I'm talking to myself again, okay, just to know this and not you. We cry out sometimes. And, and I get it. I understand. We have things that we need to ask the Lord for, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing. For, there's nothing wrong with asking God for things that you need. But sometimes our perspective needs to change just a little bit, so our prayer, to where our prayers are not only about ourselves, but they begin to be about the world, and they begin to be about the earth. God, would you bring heaven down to earth? Would we be people that contend for revival? Or will we be be the ones who just enjoy it when it comes? I want to be able to say that when we see a move of God, I want to be able to say, man, I was a part of that. God, you're answering the prayers that I prayed. You're answering my desire to see you move on the earth. That's what I want to be able to say not just oh man this is great this is cool I'm going to jump in no I want to I want to be the one that's starting it I want to be the, I want to be a part of the beginning but who establishes these things who establishes revival who establishes this kind of prayer can I tell you this it is established by believers not religious folk I just said folks oh my gosh have I been in... Is that a Texas... That's not a Texas thing, is it? I don't know. Is it? I've been here too long. I starting, I'm starting to say y'all like naturally. I just... just Help me. Help me, God, please. But, But it's not established by religious people. It's established by believers. Because only somebody who believes would ask for something that crazy. The only people that are going to ask for revival are the ones who truly believe it will come. This, these are the people who establish it. Matthew 6, uh, I believe, I think it's 5 through 8. I probably have a typo here. It's, I believe in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 8. This is before Jesus gets into that, that template of prayer. He says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward, but you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask it. Then he says, therefore, pray like this. He says, don't be like the hypocrites. Now, the hypocrites he is talking about is not someone necessarily who just says one thing and does another one. He is specifically talking about religious hypocrites because he says what they do is they go and pray on the corners what kind of people pray that everybody would see religious people Re- religious people cannot establish heaven religious people cannot establish revival because when it comes to religious people we we, we those types of people I'm going to just put myself in their shoes okay what we do is we rely more on tradition and repetitious prayer than faith. We rely, we talked about this last week, right? More about how, what I can do to prove, to prove to God rather than faith. He says, don't be like them. You know, I find myself in prayer sometimes, and I'm just talking. Ever, you ever in those moments you're just talking, and then you realize that you're thinking about something that you're not even saying? I'm just talking, talking, talking to God. I think I'm talking to God. And then I find myself thinking about like, you know, some food, or, you know, like, man, I really, that that fan is really bugging me right now. I gotta turn it off. Or, you know what I mean? Your mind just kind of wanders in prayer. It's we don't need to have these fancy, repetitious prayers. The more words you say doesn't mean that your prayer is more genuine. There's there's all my my greatest times of prayer is when I come to him and I say, God, I have no clue what to say right now. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to pray today. But but he's saying don't don't be like them. Don't don't be like that. Instead, pray like this. Our Father. What is that? It's it's relationship. Understanding our place. Understanding that I'm a a son of God. I'm a a daughter of God. We are are grafted into the family of God. He's saying, pray like this. And when you pray like that, make sure you pray that heaven's will would be done on the earth. Revival starts with believers in the secret place. I'm all for, you know, revival nights and, and, and long prayer meetings with the church. I think that's great. But that's a sign of revival. It doesn't necessarily... That's not really necessarily where it starts. It starts in the secret place that the individual would get into the secret place and spend time with God. That's where revival starts. Well, it's like, well, what is the secret place? Where is that in my house? Can you show me? Give me. I'll give you a blueprint of my house. Show me where the secret place is. The secret place is not... It's not a physical place, it's his presence. The secret place says, go into your room and close the door behind you. But really what it's about is about that intimate, private relationship with the Lord. Can I tell you that you can come to church every Sunday for the rest of your life and still not know God? You can give thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and if the Lord has called you to do that, please, we take an offering at the end of the... No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, we are taking an offering later. But you can give all the money you have and still not know God. You can do all the good things in life and still not know God. Because we're not called to just know about Him in church or or do the right things. We're called to encounter Him in the secret place. To know Him to walk with him, to be led by him. This in the secret place is where seeds are planted. Seeds of revival are planted. Our requests are made known to God in the secret place. Jesus has given us this model of prayer. Don't don't worry about what other people think about you. Don't let your whole Christian walk and your whole, your whole, your whole walk with the Lord be about what everybody else thinks about you. Well, I don't want to pray like this in church because they might laugh at me. I don't want to dance. I don't want to jump. I don't want to do this because they might look at me a certain way. That stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people say. It matters on how you act in the secret place. In the, in the place where it's just you and God. That is the most important place that we have. But who goes there? Who goes into the secret place? The only people that can enter into the secret place is the believer. Are the sons and daughters of God. But this is who you are. Right? We talked about, again, we we, we went over this last week. You are justified by faith. Oh, I'm not good enough. I've made too many mistakes. No, 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 no. When you come to Jesus, the moment you put your faith in Christ, justified by faith. And when you are justified, you're grafted into his family as a child of God. So what am I saying with this? What, what I'm saying here, the, the point that I'm, I'm trying to, to get across is this, is that you have the authority you have the position and you have the opportunity to establish heaven on earth. You do. You, not just me, not just those, or Jose who had a fire intro this morning. Man, if you, if you weren't here this morning when it started, you missed it. Jose had like a full message in three minutes. He killed it. I was ready to go to the altar and repent after he was done. I, I, I lost track of what I was saying. You can do this. You can. Like, and, and the reason I repeat it so much because I've sat in services, right? And I've heard the preachers say, like, "Man, God has called you. You can make a difference." And all I'm thinking, is like, no, nah, you don't really know me." Like, you, yeah, I know you, but you don't. You don't know me. You don't know what I struggle with. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how I feel. I don't even know sometimes if I even believe. But I'm telling you, you put your faith in Jesus, you walk in that authority, that you can establish heaven on earth. You are the sons and daughters of God. We are, we are his children. This is who we are, 2 Corinthians 6, 18 says, I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughter says, "The Lord Almighty, we are we are repositioned by faith, right? It's given, not earned. This new, pos- but this new position, what it does is we we're not we don't just become children and live the same way. A new position in Christ changes our lifestyle. And and as I was preaching last week, I, I thought, man, I really wanna I really wanna talk a little bit about this week because." last one we talked about faith, you're justified by faith. What I'm afraid of is sometimes we hear messages like that and we can twist it to say, okay, I can just go, go ahead and live however I want and, and I'm justified by faith so I can continue sinning. No. Because those who are truly justified are truly changed. So my lifestyle will not look like my old lifestyle. If I'm a true son or daughter of the Lord, then I live like it. Then I talk like it. Then I act like it. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, man, how many have come to our church and really allowed God to change the way that we think? Is there anything in your life that you think is right? But if you, were take, if you were to take it to the Lord or take it to Scripture, He would tell you, no, 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 you're off with that thinking. And if that happened to you, what would you do? Because what, what normally happens is we'll come to a church, we will hear something we disagree with, even if it's right, and what we do is say, well, I'll go find a church that agrees with me on that. Oh man, this is too much. Is this is this making sense, right? Well, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with their stance on that. And so, to each, to each his own, right? Agree to disagree. I remember I had this conversation with one of my. I was back in in the young adult ministry, and this guy was. He brought. He's basically confessed that he's living in sin. And I was, a, I was I was a much more immature uh, leader back then, so I just really said what was ever on my mind. And he shares with me, he's like, man, I'm, I'm doing this, but it's cool, right? Like, I said, no, it's sin. He's like, yeah, 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 but, you know, it's not really in Scripture. No, 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 let me show you. It's right here. It's sin. Yeah, yeah, I know, but, like, this is literally, the conversation was like 10 minutes of this back and forth. You know, I, I know, I know, I know, but, like, we're good, right? Like, you know, Our truths are different. No, 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 no. You're living in sin. It's sin. I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell you that what you're doing is okay. You are 100% wrong. Yeah, but to each his own, right? Agree to disagree. No. No. It's not to each his own. It's not agree to disagree. You're living in sin. He left the church. And I felt really bad. I wish he would have came back. I'm not going to say if he came back or not because somebody might know him. But what am I saying is that what we do, if our nature is truly changed, if I'm a true son of God, then I'm going to be obedient to what his spirit is telling me. So if my ideas and my thoughts and my opinions are not in alignment with his word, then I don't expect his word to change, but I expect my ideas to change and my outlook to change, right? Man, imagine if Christians today would just do this instead of trying to be right with with political things. Uh, Every conversation I have, and I I have a lot of friends who are Christians who have these crazy disagreements and all they're doing is talking smack to each other. I'm like, what's wrong with you guys? Imagine if we were to just take the word of God and begin to live like sons and daughters. Imagine if we, were begin, we we really begin to live a life that was led by the Spirit. Imagine that, right? Wouldn't that be something, right? If Christians, all of us, and I'm speaking to myself too because we all struggle with this, right? This is what it says in, in Galatians five sixteen through 25. I say, then walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things you wish. He's saying it's a battle. When Just because you're a son or a daughter does not mean that there is no more fighting within yourself. Right? Just because you're like, okay, I'm saved now, Yes, but there's still going to be a fight. He says there's two things in you. It's your flesh and your spirit. And they battle one another. They fight with one another. They're contrary to one another. That means that if your flesh wants it, your spirit won't. And if your spirit wants it, your flesh doesn't. But let's be honest for a second, okay? All together, we'll all be honest, all right? Most of the time... We follow our flesh because it's something we actually want. He says, it's contrary, they fight, so you don't do what you wish. No way, that can't be God. Doesn't God just give me whatever I want? If it feels good, shouldn't I do it? No. 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 That's what the world preaches. The world says, well, just you know, if you love, if love is love. The world says, no, if you don't, if you don't want the baby, get rid of it. Because you should do what you want to do. Am I I stepping on some toes today? Right? The world says, if you don't like them, talk about them. That's the flesh. The flesh says, well, maybe I should slow down a little bit. I'm going to relax a little bit. It's contrary. This is big for some of us. This is big for some of us because some of us want to be comfortable in our ideas and we want God to agree with us. And if he doesn't agree with us, then we don't say, okay, well, God, what do you want? We say, no, that must not be God. Imagine if we all begin to live by the spirit and say, "Okay, God, if you don't want me to go there, if you don't want me to talk to them in that in that way, if you don't want me to say those things, if you don't want me to do those things, God, if you don't want me to believe like this, God, if you don't want my opinions to be like this, then I will change." Then I will be obedient to you, not the other way around. This is radical. This is crazy because this is so opposite of the world. It is so opposite of the world. This is what we've been called to do as sons and daughters is that our life would look different. You cannot come to God and live the same. You cannot come to God and not have your opinions and your ideas completely just rocked by his presence. You cannot come to God and continue in the same habits of sin and the same routines of sin. What God does is he comes and he tears it all down. And he says, your old life is dead. Now it's time to have your new life, the life you've been meant to live but we have to allow him to destroy these paradigms in our heads. This is is hard. This is the hard part of Christianity is that we'd allow God to destroy what we think is okay. Say, well, why, why are you saying these things? Because if we're truly justified by faith, that means I put my faith in Christ. That means I believe He's the Son of God. That means I believe He's God Almighty. That means I believe He's my Savior, my Redeemer, the one who forgives my sins. So if I believe all this about Him, then I must think how He thinks. It's not I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. So what does that mean? That means that the way Christ thinks the opinions he has, the way he treats people, the way he talks about people, the way he spends his money, the way he spends his time, that all should be lived out in our life. That is a truly changed person. Not someone who just begins to go to church and someone who just has a good life now and, oh, I'm just kind to people. All that's great, but as, <clears throat> as God rocked your thinking? And have you allowed him to? This is a son. And daughter, you're talking about, man, you want to establish revival. And this is what I mean. Before we can establish heaven on earth, it has to be established in our hearts. And it can only be established in a heart that is surrendered. Can I I be honest with you for a second? I believe this is why we're not seeing revival, because we don't preach like this anymore. We don't believe like this anymore. We say, okay, you're just good just as you are. Come to God. And and all you got to do is say this prayer, and you're saved. Praise the Lord. And it's like, no, 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 no. You didn't even talk about surrender. You didn't even talk about death. You didn't even talk about any of that. And so when these things, when we're confronted by the world with these beliefs, that's why we're so easily swayed to go back into the world. Because we never truly surrender to God. And this is why we're... I'm going to control that. I'm not going to say that. Okay, okay. I won't say it. See, you know, it says you wish to do something and you can't do it. That was a moment right there. God was like, don't you say that. Don't you say that. So I'm not going to say it. Imagine if I just, like, walked off the stage and left right now. like, <laughs> how weird would that be? So it's like, well, how, how do I do that then, right? Because, like, there's these big, like, it's, it's a shift of thinking, guys. It's a shift of thinking. I, I love when the, there's, two con, there's two kinds of, like, extreme conversations. There's people that, that present an issue to me, and I usually know these kinds of people, so I tell them this. Are, do, you, do you really want me to tell you what I think or do you want me to tell you what you want to hear? And I'm like, just tell me now. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste your time. Like, let's just. do you want this or not? And those are the kind of people that won't ever change their thinking. The hard part is when you live with the old way of thinking and you try to live like a Christian, you're going to be tormented. You're going to be in and out. You're going to wonder why, why am I not fully surrendered. It's because of the way you think. Says that he would renew our minds. But then there's another person who says, Listen, I struggle with this, with this thought. Can you show me what's true? Renew my mind. Right? How do we do this? What does this look like daily? It's it's daily spiritual seeds being planted. How do we walk in the spirit? It's daily living. Galatians 6, 7 through 10 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will reap, excuse me, will reap, oh, excuse me, will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap reap everlasting life, and let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are in the household of faith. What is he saying? He's saying, plant spiritual seeds. I-, I-, I always wonder, why does he say that? Don't get tired of doing good. Don't get don't get tired of doing it can I can I tell you this that the harvest of the flesh comes quickly when you plant spirit or flesh seeds you reap you reap that you reap those the the what would seem like the good harvest immediately because you're satisfied quickly right but in the end that harvest really brings death but it's so much easier to plant seeds of the flesh because there's quicker gratification It's like heating up your food in a microwave or planting it. Right? The flesh will give you something immediate. But in the long run, it's death. That's why he says those spiritual seeds you're planting, you, you won't see the harvest right away. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. But don't get tired of doing it because when the season is right, you will reap your harvest. So what does that look like practically to us? What that looks like is, Lord, I'm surrendering my thinking. I'm pl- I'm sur- I'm giving you this seed. God, I'm I'm daily giving you things that are really hard for me to let go. I'm planting that. And it's hard and, and and it hurts and there's this tearing apart of our identity and tearing apart of of our of our old foundations and it doesn't make sense all the time. So it's difficult to do that, but he says just keep doing it because you will reap a harvest. You will reap a harvest. See, our big moments don't just happen. They are reaped. Our big moments, whether of success or failure, do not just happen. They are a reaping of what was planted before. I'll, I'll put it this way and, I, and I, I, made, I made this quote and I hope you like it. Please write it down for so I feel good about myself. And no, I'm just kidding. I put this, Major harvest of bondage or breakthrough both start with minor seeds. A major harvest of bondage starts with little seeds of sowing into the flesh. But a major harvest of breakthrough starts with minor seeds in the spirit. You reap what you sow. Amen. Amen. This is the fruit that we talked about. I'll, I'll be closing here. Is Jessica in here or is David in somebody? One of you guys? Oh, by the way, guys, Um, I'm sure, I don't know if you know this, but uh, we are actually having another kid. We're having our fourth baby. My wife is pregnant. Yeah, we celebrate. I, my, my wife and I, we'd always talk about it. She's like, I want another one. I'm like, no way, baby, you're crazy. Can I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something. You're probably going to think I'm a, I'm a bad Christian, but I'm going to tell you something, okay? Um, and this has nothing to do, this has nothing to do with my notes. I guess we're talking about seeds, so all right, there you go. Um, I was praying, and I said, Lord, do you want us to have another kid? And I didn't want to. So I was, I was hoping that he liked me more than her. But uh, in my prayer, I, I'm not even kidding, in my prayer, he said, son, you're going to have another one. And I said, no, God. <laughs> like, are you sure? Like, no. And he told me, yes, I'm going to bless your wife with what she's praying for. And I said, I didn't tell my wife. <laughs> I should have. Huh? See, I'm a bad Christian. I'm a bad husband. But uh, uh, yeah, he told me already. So he kind of, he he warned me. He helped me. It's so hard, though. But we're happy, man. We're so happy now. It's like, I told Jesse, I said, you know, if it happens, of course I'm going to be happy. Like, it's a baby. It's a little kid, you know? So, so." You know, we're going to be um, hiring shifts of babysitters throughout. We're going to have four now, so I don't know who's going to want to watch four kids. I don't even want to watch four kids. (laughs) He said, come on. We talked about being justified in faith, and it says, listen, when you're justified in faith, you have this new life, right? And with this new life, you, you begin to produce spiritual fruit, right? Talking about seeds being planted and, and living as sons and daughters, and man, man, I want to establish heaven on earth. It starts in your own life. starts in your own life. He says, you're going to have fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit is contrary to the fruit of the flesh, right? But here's the thing about fruit, is fruit, Proves authenticity. You know, those fake plants that you buy at H-E-B or wherever you buy fake plants, I don't know because I never bought one. They can't produce anything. Fruit proves authenticity. So how do you know you're, you're an authentic Christian? Oh, here you go, ready? How do you know you're authentically serving the Lord? Look at your fruit. What kind of fruit do you have in your life? Well, I don't have much. Well, have you really surrendered? Because this is not a this is not an accidental outcome. This is not like oh some people who come to Christ will produce fruit. No, no, no. Anybody who is justified by the spirit will produce spiritual fruit. This has to take place in our lives. Jesus says beware of the false prophets. Who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruit. You will know them by their fruit. We want to listen, we talk about, oh, we want to see revival on the earth and we want to see God move and God touch people. Can I tell you what the world is looking for? Authenticity. They're looking for authentic Christians. I'm almost embarrassed by how Christians have responded in this season. It's embarrassing because I see nobody preaching Jesus. All they're doing is, is preaching their own po- political ideas. It's embarrassing. The world is looking for authentic, spirit-filled Christians. This is what the world needs. You will, can, I, can I tell you this? When you allow God to shift your thinking, when you allow God to shift those things, you're going to offend a lot of people you're going you're gonna to bother a lot of people, but I promise you, if you allow God to shift your thinking and you allow the Spirit to fill you, if you allow this to happen in your life, then you'll, you'll probably save a lot more than you offend. Right now, we're in limbo as, as, a, as a church. Well, I don't want to offend anybody, so therefore, I'm not going to witness to anybody. I don't want to say something wrong, so I'm just not going to say anything at all. We have the answer. We have it. We're holding it. It's in our hearts. It's in our lives. We have what the world is crying out for, but they need to see your fruit. They need to see your fruit. If we can really pray what Jesus asked us to pray, he says, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. What is he saying? You're a son. You're a daughter. Approach the throne room as a child of God. And when you get into that throne room, say, Lord, would you establish heaven on earth. And he will, but you know how he does it? Through the fruit of his people. People need to see Jesus in you. Jesus is loving, but he's offensive. He's forgiving, but he's honest. He's accepting, but he's holy. These are the things of Jesus. Yes, he hung out with sinners, but he did not sin with them. This is who Jesus was. This is who he is. The world needs to see Jesus in your life. So approach God as a daughter, as a son. Approach him in faith. And let's believe that we'll see a revival. But guys, it starts with you. It starts with you. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For more information on our church, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ReclaimTX. Or check us out on our website, ReclaimChurchTX.com. Thank you for listening.